All right, welcome into the New Orleans Saints podcast presented by SeatGeek for Wednesday, April 8th. I'm Caroline Gonzalez, joined today on the show by my co-host John DeShazer and Jim Mora, former Saints assistant coach and coach of the Atlanta Falcons, uh, unfortunately, during the Saints rebirth game that was rebroadcast on Monday Night Football on ESPN this past week. Jim, first of all, how are you? How's your family doing? I am doing well, and the family's doing well. Thanks for asking. Um, everyone's healthy and safe, so I uh, appreciate you asking. Of course. Uh, so, Jim, on, on Monday night, the Saints reached out to a lot of Saints legends. They reached out to a lot of different people to get them involved in the game broadcast uh, on Monday of the Rebirth game. Did you hear anything from Saints personnel or did you just decide to join in on the fun on Twitter during the Monday Night Football broadcast? Well, I didn't hear anything. I had seen on ESPN that they were going to show the uh, the rebroadcast. Uh, I've actually never even seen the game, but I, uh, I kind of was following Twitter and seeing what people were doing and I just decided to jump in there a couple times and uh, I'm not really a big Twitter guy. I, I don't really do much. Uh, I used to use it in recruiting when I was coaching, but uh, I decided to jump on and then it got kind of fun. So yeah. I, I kept going and I, uh, I really enjoyed it actually. Jim, Steve Gleason and you had several exchanges uh, on Twitter um, during the game broadcast. And, and I saw you tweet that you had because of you and your family's history um, in New Orleans and with the Saints, you had mixed emotions when, when Steve Gleason had the block punt uh, that obviously brought the Superdome to life during that game. Can you just take me through what was going on through your mind during that play? Well, it wasn't so much that play. It was just the, the entire game. Uh, I think at the moment that that play happened, I was obviously disappointed. I want to know uh, how he had such an enormous breakdown that he could come so free up and block it. And I think that, uh, you know, it confirmed for me really what we were up against that night, which was uh, a city, a nation, a team uh, that were all uh, greatly inspired. But it was just an amazing night for me because I had a history in New Orleans. My dad, had been the head coach there for almost 11 years. I had been there for five years. Um, my two oldest kids were born in New Orleans. Um, you know, I, I knew exactly what the city had been through with Katrina. Uh, I knew how important the Saints were to that city, what football meant to that city. Um, uh, and it was just, um, as a coach, as a competitor, you know, losing is is the worst thing that can happen to you in a in a competitive environment. You know, you prepare so hard, especially in the NFL, Monday Night Football, all that. But somehow, you know, running off that field after the game, I was able to gain some perspective and understand just what it meant to these people, to that city, uh, to the rebirth of that city, to their soul, to to get that win that night. So. Uh, I guess if there was ever a game that, you know, air quotes was okay to lose, that was that was the game. Hey, JL, you, you mentioned that you've been on the same staff, obviously, and your dad had been the head coach, and so you'd been in the Superdome many times. Was there any amount of preparation that could have gotten the team ready for that kind of an atmosphere? 
no, <laughs> John, it was, <laughs> I mean, you know, I remember being there, um, as you guys know, my daddy had a lot of success there and they went to the playoffs for the first time and, you know, the who dat chant. And, you know, I can remember some games when, when I was, uh, when I was there, actually not as a coach, because, you know, we struggled a little bit when I was there, but uh, when that place was just crazy, I mean, crazy, insane, and I tried to tell our team, hey, it's going to be, you know, like you've never heard before, but it was, it was 10 times that, and it really, it, it kind of started in, in, uh, in the locker room for us, you know, we're in the locker room, and uh, I can hear Green Day and you 2 out there and they're singing the saints are coming and it is just you know like you can hear every single word that bono and uh and whatever the billy i'm not sure the guy from green day's name but they're singing and the officials come in and they go hey you guys ready to take the field i go no we're not going on the field <laughs> i'm not taking my team out there we can we can hear them just fine but we it was it was electric it was uh it was crazy you know i, I was asked several times uh after that in games you know have you ever been in a game this loud i think at ucla once someone asked me have you ever been in a game in this loud i'm like yeah yeah i've been i've been <laughs> in a game louder than this so it was it was it was an amazing experience i'm uh i hated losing obviously but i'm glad that i was a part of it jim i'm sure you saw but but michael vick went on instagram live with reggie bush uh during the game and at some point he said, you know, after or Michael Vick said, after the first possession, he realized that there was no way that they could win this game. Did you share in those sentiments? Well, I, I don't know at what point I realized we weren't going to win, but there was a point in the game that I realized we weren't going to win. I think as I look back at it, I think when Roman Harper made the play on Algie Crumpler um, down there, following the, the Steve Gleason pump block, and return for a touchdown. We drove the ball down the field, and I think we had a chance to tie it up, and we only got three out of it. And uh, I think at that point, as I recall, going, "Oh man, we're you know we're in, we're in some trouble here." The momentum, you could feel the momentum just just gaining, and uh, and the crowd just continuing to to compel the team on. And and you know, the way the Saints' defense played that night was. I mean, spectacular. You know, offensively, we only gave up, or defensively, we only gave up one touchdown. Uh, you know, and then the and then the block pump. But we just couldn't. We couldn't overcome that crowd. We couldn't overcome uh, the Saints' defense. Uh, we couldn't get any rhythm going on offense, and it just kind of felt very, very, very futile. Jim, in that situation, is that a game that you know after that game you kind of bottle it up and say, okay, that was you know, one of 16 and you move on or, or was that one that kind of resonated for another couple of days, uh, exactly what happened and the magnitude of, because a lot of times in the NFL, obviously you got the 24 hour rule. Try to move on. You try to move on. And, and that, that game was an anomaly. You know, I think that, uh, you know, we felt like the, the, the entire world was, I wouldn't say against us, but the entire world was pulling for our opponent and, there was just so much to overcome. And so we, we tried to flush that one as quickly as we could. I think for me, though, uh, just given the fact that I had a, a, a pretty strong history in New Orleans, um, the significance of being involved in that moment um, grew on me. 
continues to grow on me. I think it's it's one of the reasons I joined in the other night. It's just, I mean, it was one of the the epic moments of my life, quite frankly. You know, uh, I I brag about it. I don't brag about losing. I, and I, don't, I shouldn't say brag, but I share it with people. You know, hey, I was and I was involved in the very first game uh, back in the dome following Katrina, and it was. It was one of the one of the uh, most memorable experiences of my life, and uh, I think that's probably why I joined in, just to kind of relive it and, and feel it and be a part of it again. This question, you know, sorry, just a little bit, a little bit off top, uh, a little bit off topic, but obviously you you saw your dad have a lot of success here. Uh, can you just reflect on what he meant to the Saints franchise because this franchise had never known winning until your dad came and and those. Yeah, they'd never had a winning season. They'd never been to the playoffs. I believe it was 22 years. And, you know, I, I think that uh, you know, he and Jim Finks, um, they brought a standard of excellence to that franchise that they hadn't known before. And, you know, as, as you know, John, my dad, very demanding, uh, very tough, very good football coach, uh, a winner. Um, and he had a major impact on that, on that team at that time and that city. And I will tell you this, that the – whatever impact that he had on that team in that city has re been returned to him in multitude. He is, uh, you know, he's been a part of this, some of the Saints broadcast now for 10 years. Uh, when he goes back to that city, I see him kind of come back to life. Uh, people recognize him, people acknowledge him, people talk to him. Uh, Sean Payton has been so incredibly gracious to my dad and made him feel relevant again. Whenever my dad's down there to go to practice, he has had him talk to the team. Um, he, he just really has kind of taken care of him. And it's been something that uh, my family has really appreciated. My dad turns 85 next month, so he's getting up there. And to see him um, – you know, feel good about something that he did and be acknowledged by someone like Sean and the Saints, uh, the Saints faithful and the, and the Saints organization just means the world to, to me as his son. This question is for both of you guys, because you guys have known Steve Gleason uh, since his time with the Saints and, and until now. What does it say about his, his growth, knowing him from the player he was for the Saints and obviously the huge uh, block punt in, in the rebirth game, and then seeing the person he is now and just the light he is uh, for the a ALS community and, and for all of us, really? You know, I think when I look at, at Steve and – uh, I think about, you know, his college career at Washington State. Now, I was a Washington Husky, so we were rivals, but uh, and, and obviously I'm older than him. You know, I see a guy that um, was just a fierce competitor on the field, and he was able to take that fierce competitive nature and, and channel it towards a challenge that, uh, you know, none of us would wish on anybody, and that's ALS. And I'm sure that there's been some incredibly dark moments for him, but he, as you said, he's such a light and he's so strong and he's so competitive and uh, he has a, a spirit about him that, that just draws people in. And uh, it, it's just, uh, it's an amazing, I don't want to call it a story, but it's an amazing life that he's living, you know, from Washington state to, to the NFL, to, 
you know, blocking a punt in the most, you know, important game maybe in Saints history other than the Super Bowl to, you know, coming down with this, this incredibly, incredibly horrible disease to, you know, not shrinking but blooming really as his body is deteriorating and becoming an impactful person in this world. It's just really, really amazing to see. It's inspiring. You know, you get goosebumps when you think about it. It's one of the reasons I loved engaging with him the other night is just because uh, I'm a, I'm a fan of, of Steve and I'm a fan of his spirit. I'm a fan of what he represents. I, I can't say it a whole lot better than that. I mean, if you didn't know he was from somewhere else, you would swear he was born and raised in New Orleans. He was just, or, or remains an eclectic kind of guy. He's just, you know, he just kind of fits in New Orleans. And then, so he makes the play, obviously, and he becomes, you know, somewhat of a folk hero for that. Um, but to see how he has taken, you know, a debilitating disease uh, that's ravaging his body and, and really, you know, taking away, you know, all the physical elements of what he was and could and could have been and to transform it into something uh, that's been beyond positive where he's not only, uh, you know, looking out for, for himself, but he's looking out for so many people other than himself and, and making sure that they uh, get necessary equipment or necessary, uh, you know, treatment or just, you know, causing people to stop and pause and, and consider and contribute uh, to maybe finding a cure for the disease. It's been amazing to watch how he's become uh, a, a national ambassador or a national spokesman, you know, and a worldwide figure b because of this, even, you know, in his state. It is, you know, you see people who are able-bodied and healthy and fine not make much of an impact at all in life. And then you see this guy in, in this state physically able to still be sharp mentally and still, you know, create, a positive out of it and, and really create a niche where he's, you know, filling a need and, and causing and, and calling people, calling people's attention to something that's desperately needed. It, it's been, you know, as JL said, it's been inspiring to watch. It's been amazing to watch, you know, how it's happened. Was it surprising to either of you to see how much of an event that Monday night turned into because it really did seem like an event it seemed like everyone that I knew everyone on Twitter it seemed like a lot of pe people were tuned in and when you have guys like Reggie Bush and Steve Gleason who are bought in um, that helps but it, it really did seem like an event kind of nationwide or at least I, in the South. <laughs> I guess um, it, it didn't surprise me I think that uh, unfortunately right now at this time in our country people are looking for something to do mm -hmm. <laughs> and, you know, that was something to do and it was something special to do. Uh, you know, it was a, it was an event that, uh, anyone that's, you know, I don't know how old you are, but you know, that people might certainly remember. Um, yeah, that I was my first time seeing the game. I, I talked about JD. Uh, I talked about that with JD last week. That was my first time ever seeing that game. I've seen replays. I've think, seen things like that, but that was my first time as well watching the broadcast. Well, do you know that I didn't even watch the broad the broadcast the other night? I was just reacting to Twitter. Yeah, I've never, I've never watched it. I I actually uh, two seasons before we went to the NFC Championship game, I've never watched that game. I I kind of have had a habit in my career of not going back and watching television broadcasts of our game. As a matter of fact, uh, last week ESPN had um, the UCLA Texas A&M game when I was a head coach, and we had one of the, I think it maybe was the biggest comeback in 
college football history, I think. Maybe maybe I'm wrong, but I didn't even watch that. Mm-hmm. I just uh, – so I was just reacting to, to Twitter and the people on Twitter as I was commenting. Plus, I was remembering the game. Like, you know, when you, when you lose a game, it seems to stick with you a lot longer. In this case, you know, 14 years, I guess. <laughs> so uh, you remember things about it. Yeah, it's crazy. I, I never watched the television rebroadcast. I've seen highlights. I've never seen the television rebroadcast. And so, you know, it was me looking at it through fresh eyes. I obviously covered the game, but, you know, it, it's one of those things where you know, I don't know if if uh, I've got the NFL fever or what, but, you know, you just you cover a game and you move on and you cover a game and you move on. And sometimes you might reflect and you'll think, you know, man, that was huge, but I never really actually saw you know, play after play after play in a format like I did the other night. So it, for me, it was entertaining. I think everybody kind of needed something. And I, I'd, I'd love to see what the TV ratings were here in the New Orleans area. <laughs> I don't know how it was nationally, but I think everybody around here was looking forward to just having something to distract them and take their ten- attention away from, from uh, COVID-19 right now. Well, Jim, we appreciate you joining us. Um, before I let you go, what have you been doing uh, with this with this time to occupy yourself and your family? <laughs> well, I uh, I spent part of I, I live between Idaho, Sun Valley, Idaho, and LA, and so kind of I was up there for a while. Then when I figured I could I could get home safely, I got home safely to LA. I've been riding my bike. I've been hanging out with my my kids and uh working out and watching things on tv <laughs> probably the same thing that everybody else doing praying that uh that you know this goes away quickly and uh hoping like i'll get out that that we'll have an nfl season and an nca season ncaa season this year yeah yeah, absolutely, and I know there's a lot up in the air with the with the draft and how how student athletes prepare for that and everything like that. So we'll have to see. Uh, but Jim, we appreciate you joining us on the show today. Stay safe and uh, thanks for joining us. Thank you so much. You guys take care. Great talking to you, John. All right, thanks, JL. We appreciate it. All right, that'll do it for today's New Orleans Saints podcast presented by Seeky. Be sure you're checking out NewOrleansSaints.com and at Saints to keep up with all of the content that we continue to put out, especially Home Team TV. Do not want to miss that. Home Team TV has been something that the Pelicans and Saints have been working on. Uh, We're trying to keep you up to date with everything you need to know, keep you entertained, and much, much more. Also, do not forget about the New Orleans Restaurant Guide available on NewOrleansSaints.com and the Saints app. Be sure to support local restaurants and be sure to stay home. Do not miss Friday's episode. We will have Roman Harper, Saints legend, on the show to talk with me about his experience in that rebirth game, uh, his thoughts as he watched it with his family and his kids for the first time. So you don't want to miss that interview with Saints Roman Harper. All right. Thanks for joining us and uh, we'll talk to you on Friday.